Hello there, food eaters. Welcome to the 76th episode of the Food Labels Revealed podcast. I'm Mel Weinstein, the self-professed prophet of processed foods. Thanks for joining me as I continue to explore the world of ultra-processed foods, the ingredients in those foods, and the relationship to our health. As usual, this is an ad-free podcast, no commercials, no outside promotions, no request for your money. Just, hopefully, interesting and educative content to give your mind something to chew on. You may have noticed the title of this episode, Burger King Goes Vegan. I usually don't resort to clickbait, but I couldn't resist in this case. That title is only partly true. No, Burger King has not decided to chuck all of its beef, pork, and chicken products, but it is significantly moving in the vegan direction, a trend that is really catching on in the fast food industry. After all, fast food restaurants want to make money. To maximize that money, they want to appeal to as many people as possible. Now, vegetarians and vegans maybe amount to roughly 8% of the American population, so out of 332 million people, that's 27 million potential customers. But wait, there's more. These restaurants are also appealing to those people who want to cut back on their meat consumption for health reasons. So that's another piece of the customer pie. This trend started about five years ago when, one by one, fast food chains started offering plant-based options which coincided with the advent of pretty realistic analogs of hamburgers, chicken patties, and sausages. Fake meat began to emerge and infiltrate all sectors of the processed food industry. I dabbled in this subject back in episode number 70, where I described the rollout of the McPlant Burger at select McDonald's restaurants in 2022. Burger King first dipped its toe in the fake meat pool back in 2019 with the debut of the Impossible Whopper. The fake meat comes from the Impossible Foods Company with soy protein concentrate as the key ingredient for the burger analog. The big news from Burger King was announced in January of this year with the introduction to 510 restaurants in Great Britain of three new meatless sandwiches. Yes, you heard me say Great Britain, so you won't find these products in any Burger King in America. The new sandwiches are the Vegan Royale Bacon King, a chicken-like item, and two versions of the Bacon King with one or two plant-based Whopper patties. The latter sandwich is not strictly vegan since it's cooked on the same grill as the beef-based hamburgers. Astoundingly, Burger King went on to announce that by 2030, 50% of their menu items will be plant-based. A very forward-thinking move. Did you hear me say that the vegan sandwich contains bacon? Sounds strange. But the word is actually spelled B-A-K-O-N, and is actually a bacon analog, which I'll talk about shortly. I'm just going to focus on the ingredients and nutrition profile of the Vegan Royale Bacon King Sandwich. Then I'll compare it to the closest Burger King meat-based version. 
This sandwich is composed of a crispy chicken-style patty, dairy-free cheese, fake bacon, iceberg lettuce, egg-free mayo, and a toasted sesame seed bun. A full meal with fries and a drink comes to about 9.99 pounds, equivalent to $12.39, a pretty hefty price tag. If a family of four ordered that meal, they'd be out about $50. Getting all the ingredients in this sandwich was a bit of a challenge for me since Burger King is, is not a company that posts online the ingredients in its menu items. Plus, the components of the sandwich are sourced from several companies in three countries. Only a processed food nerd like myself would bother to sleuth them all out. Let's start with the chicken-style patty. This analog is manufactured by the British Vegetarian Butcher. Yes, you heard me right, the Vegetarian Butcher. Kind of an oxymoron. Here are the ingredients. Water, soy protein concentrate, isolated soy protein, wheat gluten, soybean meal, wheat starch, broad beans, sunflower oil, palm fat, methyl cellulose, rosemary extract, oregano extract, coriander extract, natural flavor, bamboo fiber, spice extracts, tapioca starch, citrus fiber, spices, salt, vinegar, sodium acetate, sugar, uchima seaweed, ferric pyrophosphate, and vitamin B12. If you look at a photo of this sandwich, the chicken-like patty definitely looks fried, and it's, it's referred to as crispy. So that must mean the ingredient list is missing the batter components for frying, and I have no idea what they are. I'll just have to ignore those. The above list contains 26 ingredients. You'll notice a number of soy ingredients in the patty. Soy protein concentrate, isolated soy protein, and soybean meal. Soy is often the go-to ingredient for fake meat. What's the difference between these three soy products? Soy protein concentrate is made by removing all the fat plus the water-soluble components from the soybean. This leaves only soy protein plus some carbs and fiber. To get isolated soy protein, the remaining carbs and fiber are removed, giving a pure protein. On the other hand, soybean meal is just crushed soybeans and therefore much lower in protein content. The fourth ingredient, wheat gluten, is actually vital wheat gluten, also known as seitan, which is made by washing out the starch from wheat flour, leaving a high-protein derivative. Vital wheat gluten has been used for hundreds of years to make fake meats, particularly by the Chinese. The 15th, 18th, 24th, and 25th ingredients are bamboo fiber, citrus fiber, uchima seaweed, and ferric pyrophosphate. I haven't heard that sound in a long time. Uh, the sound signifies 
that these are new ingredients never before discussed in this podcast. So let's take a look at these substances. Bamboo fiber, an unusual food ingredient, is just what it sounds like. It's made from processed bamboo shoots and provides water-binding properties. Citrus fiber consists of insoluble and orsiable fiber of citrus fruits like orange, lemon, and lime. Besides the fiber benefit, it can provide functional properties like water retention, emulsification, and gelling. This is actually a a health benefit since meat products don't contain any fiber at all. Uchima seaweed, also called African sea moss, is a very common nutritious seaweed composed of cellulose and is probably used in the patty for its gelling characteristics to hold constituents together. Ferric pyrophosphate, a mineral, is likely present to provide iron fortification. The last ingredient, vitamin B12, is unique to vegan products. Since meat is a primary source of vitamin B12, it is added as a supplement in meat analog products to help vegans meet that nutritional requirement in their diet. The dairy-free American cheese slices come from Violife, an American company. The ingredient list is filtered water, coconut oil, food starch modified, potato starch, salt, apple juice concentrate, flavor, olive extract, paprika extract, beta carotene, and vitamin B12. Notice the use of coconut oil and starches as the main ingredients of this cheese. Coconut oil is a solid at room temperature or below, so it makes sense that it would be the fatty component of the fake cheese. The use of olive extract for color is an unusual choice. Uh, It appears that the combination of olive extract, paprika extract, and beta carotene provides the best color imitation for American cheese. Again, the last ingredient is vitamin B12 to assist with vegan nutrition. The fake bacon comes from the French company La Vie, which means life. It only has eight ingredients. It has seven to eight times less saturated fat than real bacon, provides a source of fiber, does not contain cancer-causing nitrates or nitrites, and has less salt. Here's the ingredient list. Water, soy protein, sunflower oil, salt, natural flavors, anthocyanins, lycopene, and potassium acetate. In order for this product to taste like real bacon, you can just imagine what ingredients are included in the generic natural flavors. A definite trade secret. There's nothing unusual in this ingredient list, so let's move on. Next comes iceberg lettuce, a natural ingredient. Then we have egg-free mayonnaise. Since Burger King does not provide the ingredient list or the manufacturer, I can only make a stab at this product. I will use the Kroger brand Simple Truth plant-based mayo spread as a substitute. The ingredient list is 
canola oil, water, sugar, distilled vinegar, pea protein concentrate, lemon juice concentrate, citrus extract, guar gum, xanthan gum, citric acid, garlic extract, and beta carotene. The toasted sesame seed bun is also an unknown item whose ingredients are not provided by Burger King, in which case I will substitute a recipe from the online My Vegan Minimalist Baker. The ingredients, unsweetened almond milk, water, sugar, yeast, white flour, turmeric, salt, sesame seeds, and maple syrup. All in all, there are roughly 67 ingredients in this sandwich, including replicates. That's not terribly bad compared to other fast foods I've reviewed in the past. How many of these ingredients are moderately to extremely processed? By my count, 42 of them, or 63%. So, as with most fast food, the Vegan Royale Bacon King Sandwich is highly processed and thereby could not be recommended as a significant part of a person's diet, maybe just eaten as an occasional treat. Now, let's look at the nutritional properties and compare the Vegan Royale Bacon King against the traditional bacon and Swiss cheese Royal Crispy Chicken Sandwich with white meat chicken breast filet, royal sauce, creamy Swiss cheese, crispy bacon, lettuce tomatoes, and a toasted potato bun. Note that this data is available directly from the Burger King websites. Even though the Vegan Royal Bacon King Sandwich is highly refined as discussed earlier, it's still hands down more nutritious than its real meat counterpart. Let's go down the list. The first number will represent the vegan sandwich, and the second number, the real chicken sandwich. For calories, 691 versus 831, 17% lower calories. For fat, 39.6 grams versus 49.8 grams, 20% lower fat. For saturated fat, 9.8 grams versus 15.3 grams, 36% lower saturated fat. For sodium, 1,500 milligrams versus 2,264 milligrams, 34% lower sodium. The real chicken sandwich has a whole day equivalent of sodium in it. The carbs are about the same, 58.4 grams, versus 57.7 grams. For sugar, 7.5 grams versus 11 grams, 32% lower sugar. Finally, for protein, 20.3 grams versus 42.8 grams, 53% lower protein. On that last point, for those of you who think the more protein the better, consider that a recommended daily protein intake is around 0.7 grams per pound for an average person. Physically active people and athletes would require a higher amount. For a 150-pound person, that equates to 113 grams per day. 
At 42.8 grams, the real chicken sandwich provides 51% of the daily amount, while the vegan version provides 18%. With three meals a day plus snacks, the person eating the real chicken sandwich may actually exceed the recommended daily amount of protein. The Goldilocks principle applies here. Too much of a good thing may be bad. Consuming too much protein is not healthy for the body, as it may place a burden on the kidneys, particularly for people with pre-existing kidney conditions. Also, constipation could be an issue. Diets high in red meat and processed meats can increase the risk of colorectal cancer, breast, and prostate cancers. And as most of us know, eating large amounts of red meat and full-fat dairy foods can contribute to heart disease. You may have noticed that I didn't include fiber in this nutritional analysis. That's because the fiber content was not listed by Burger King. In the United Kingdom, the fiber content is optional, not required on a nutrition facts label. Let's summarize. Following the current trend, fast food restaurants are increasingly adding plant-based meals to their menus. These meals are still highly refined with many ultra-processed ingredients. However, the meat-free meals may provide a healthier alternative to the meat versions with their better nutritional profiles. Changing topics, I recently heard a report about childhood obesity. In the last few decades, the rate of childhood obesity has been rising steadily following the general national trend. According to the American Academy of Pediatrics, the AAP, more than 14.4 million U.S. children and teens, about 20% of the child population, live with a common chronic disease that has been stigmatized for years and is associated with serious short- and long-term health concerns when left untreated, including cardiovascular diseases and diabetes. The disease is obesity, and it can be treated successfully with the recognition that complex genetic, physiologic, socioeconomic, and environmental factors are at play. End quote. In early January 2023, the Academy published a clinical practice guideline for the evaluation and treatment of children and adolescents with obesity. The authors of the guideline made some startling recommendations for treating kids with obesity issues. Among these are intensive health behavior and lifestyle treatment, including 26 or more hours of face-to-face family-based treatment over a 3- to 12-month period. 2. Doctors should offer teenagers ages 12 years and up obesity weight loss drug therapy as an adjunct to health behavior and lifestyle treatment. 3. Teens age 13 and older with severe obesity should be evaluated for metabolic and bariatric surgery. The guideline did not address the causes of the juvenile obesity epidemic, saying that causal information would be provided 
in a future report. The recommendations of the AAP underscore the urgency of the epidemic. In recent years, a host of new drugs have been developed to reduce appetite and decrease calorie intakes. Now, the AAP is recommending to parents that their obese children be placed on a drug treatment plan along with supportive counseling. Furthermore, surgery is being recommended for really fat teenagers. Is this the best approach? I have not heard of any comprehensive approach to address the obesity issue through the containment or elimination of the worst foods in the American diet, the junk and fast foods peddled throughout the American food system. In my naivete, I would think that the causes of obesity would be addressed first before the promotion of drugs and surgery. Shouldn't our government be tackling this problem just like they did with cigarettes? Just my opinion. Links to the AAP articles can be found in the show notes. Lastly, I want to remind listeners of my new book released in early January. Fast Food Ingredients Revealed is a guide that pulls the curtain aside and reveals the industrial ingredients used by McDonald's, Pizza Hut, and Taco Bell. A small subset of menu items for each restaurant is broken down into its individual ingredients. The additives are identified and described in a comprehensive glossary in the appendix. A more detailed glimpse at some of the more interesting and surprising additives is included in the text. A reader will get a very good introduction into the abundance of chemicals used in the fast food industry. Furthermore, a unique scoring system created by the author grades each menu item to provide an assessment of the degree of industrialization of each food item examined. The score reveals how far from natural the food item has evolved. To order the book, go to Amazon and either type my name or the title of the book in the search engine. That's the show for today. Thanks for tuning in. If you know others who would enjoy this podcast, please share the episode by sending a link in a text or by sharing it in your social media pages. If you have a moment, I'd greatly appreciate a five-star rating at Apple or the iTunes store. That will help spread the word about the show. If you have an Apple smartphone, bring up the podcast library and select the Food Labels Revealed podcast. Scroll to the bottom until you see ratings and reviews, then click on Write a Review. If you don't have a streaming device, you can find all the episodes of Food Labels Revealed and their show notes at the hosting website called Podbean. That's at www.podbean.com or just by Googling Food Labels Revealed. If you want to shoot me a message, I can be reached at foodlabelsrevealed at gmail.com. Until later, remember this. If you want to eat well and keep yourself healthy, eat food mainly from natural plants, not manufacturing plants. The outro music piece is called My Lonely Journey, composed by Alex Zaveza.
Thank you.